Hey, this is Alex Turcotte. Hey, this is Doc Emmerich here. Hey, this is Sean Avery. Hey, this is Jamie Baker. Hey, this is Jason Zucker. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... And you're listening to... And you're listening to the Tomahawk Roundup. What is going on, guys? This is Frank Zorotsky here with the Tomahawk Roundup, and I am joined by Brian Bickle of the Chicago Blackhawks, who was on the 10, 13, and 15 Stanley Cup teams, part of the dynasty. Brian, how are you today? Oh, great, great. Just living and enjoying to what's happening. I tell you, it's been crazy, but um, a lot of family time. It's been good. Exactly. So the first thing I'm going to talk to you about has to be probably your most famous moment. I'm watching Hockey in the Den um, on a Saturday or a Wednesday, and I hear Mike Emmerich go, Taves to Bickle with 116 to go. It's something I'll never forget. What was going through your mind when you scored that tying goal in Game 6? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, definitely a moment of, uh, you know, one of the best moments of my career. Um, you know, I can still visualize it every single day. If someone brings this question up, I can do the old play-by-play where, you know, we're down by a goal, you know, with whatever mid-seconds mid left. Uh, me, Taves, came around the line. Um, or King dangling through the neutral zone, getting the puck deep, and then I see my left hand do so my hands do so I realize to pull their goal away. And then my first instinct is, big guy, got to get to the net. So for some reason, I took a big hot lap uh, through the center of the offensive zone, and then I just timed it good, perfectly that uh, puck went to Taze, and Taze went through a big charge legs, and I was lucky to pound it. I wasn't picking a spot, but I was pounded to Yeah, absolutely. So shifting gears a little uh, further back in that season, you played in the Austrian Hockey League, the EBEL, for those who don't know, in the 2013 lockout. What are some of the differences between that league and the NHL, and how did you like it in Austria? Um, it was definitely different. Um, you know, I needed to go over there because a lockout, we didn't know if there's going to be a season or how long it would be. For me, it was my contract year. Um, I needed to come into the season in shape and by going over there playing whatever games I did over there and, you know their work ethic over there is it's crazy like we would do two days where we would work out skate and then work out skate again twice a day I was like this is mind-boggling what I'm going through to get ready for this but it was a definitely experience to see you know different kinds of uh, level of hockey um, but just uh the living it was uh, a lot different from over here but it definitely got me out ready for the 13 year where we had that this historic start where we didn't lose a game in i don't know 24 games or something that we didn't have a season and a playoff like that it was um, you know something special yeah that was that was that was the special moment you know that's that that was the that was the season where i got into hockey broadcasting the sprint cup as we call it in the broadcast world so shifting gears to carolina how did guys like trevor van reemsdyke and tavo teravainen help the transition to carolina for you um it was good so me and teravainen we um we got traded together to go there and then
find the problem, and, and we did, and, you know, I, I fought through it for the year, and I thought it was safe to, you know, hang him up after the year. It wasn't, um, wasn't in the cards of, you know, pushing it. Um, hockey, what it gave to me in that short stint was, uh, you know, something special, and um, I'm just happy to be, uh, be around the family and enjoying my, my kids, and Yeah, you kind of touched on my next question a little bit. Obviously, the family time's great. But explain the battle of MS for those who aren't familiar, because sometimes it gets uh, overshadowed by other things in the news, and people don't talk about it as much as other illnesses. And I I want you to be this beacon of light for people with MS. Explain for our listeners around the U.S. and Canada about MS and what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously you're a huge influence of mine with the the battle you've gone through inspiring me and countless others, whether it be on the ice or off the ice. And the last game you played, I watched that in its entirety. I actually found a, a restream of it on YouTube before this interview and watched it its entirety. I want you to take us through the emotions of the bar down shootout goal in your final NHL game. I mean, I saw an interview with your wife saying it was the the final time the kids were going to get to see you suit up and to just cap it off like that. Explain what it meant to you to score and be first in that shootout line. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, cool to say you could uh, score in your last shot. I think I scored, uh, I scored my first game, so it was like, it was like my first or maybe my second shot, so it was nice to say I could score one of my first games and my last games. But uh, going into it, I know it's going to be emotional. I, you know, I announced the, a couple games before that uh, after a Philly game in Philly, it would be my last uh, my last game I would be hanging out. So um, to have all my friends and family there, um, that supported me um, in Philly and even to have the Philly fans um, support me the way they did, which, you know, Philly fans are known to, to be kind of harsh and, and, and mean, but, um, you know, that game was, uh, it was definitely something special. Then we had to uh, go into OT and had a couple breakaways and then Bill Peters told me to you're shooting first. So I was like, I was here hoping to go in because it would have been my second shot. And, um, I was happy to get 50%. I think I'm higher in phase and cane right now. So I get to, <laughs> to finish off on, on, on that note. 
Nah, don't let him forget that. <laughs> so tell us about the Brian and Amanda Bickle Foundation, what it does, where you guys located, how people can help it out, because I know that's a big influence for you off the ice. Yeah, so, um, you know, maybe 14, 15 years ago, we rescued a dog uh, here in Ontario. Her name is Bailey. We still have her. She's she's getting around very slow, but um, then shortly, a couple years later, there was a ban um, for pit bull type dogs in, in Ontario, Canada. And then getting drafted by the Hogs, working my way up in the minors, and then, you know, seeing being Chicago a second home and having a big stand of hockey there. Saw the big issue of the dogs uh, in in Illinois, so we wanted to you know stand our you know ourselves behind it to you know talk about it and realize it's not the dog, it's the owners, and take these bad dogs out of good or bad situations and put them and fix them and put them in better situations. So, but it's also branched out into different things. Uh, we have therapy dogs that we work with and work with the. Uh, has the house on the south side that's um it's for abused kids so we do um like uh different training with them so the the kids kind of relate and get what these dogs have been through and they can kind of do the same thing and who doesn't like dogs right they're loving and caring and um so we're doing that mostly in in chicago area mostly we do state and neuter clinics and, and things like that uh, to help the population and then being in Canada now with the ban still happening we're just shipping dogs out if we if, if we find them which they're very minimum now and so they don't get euthanized and then we're doing a lot of stuff with uh, with MS so recently we just got um, a cottage so people with MS are very different so there's the 10% that has the progressive which their stability, wheelchairs, need assistance and all that stuff. And then there's, there's a relapse thing like me where they're pretty pretty stable and, you know, you would never know. Yeah. So we got a cottage. We want to do a, a retreat for those people that are, you know, suffering and the families are suffering and, and give these people retreat at a cottage. And we're going to provide our cottage and give them uh, a chef or, you know, different things that... Uh, you know, they don't have to think about life and, and think about the problems. They just can enjoy the time with their, their families, and that's a new program that we just started last year. So looking forward to doing that and helping our families uh, struggling with MS. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I mean, that's anybody who wants to volunteer, how would they volunteer with the Brian and Amanda Bickle Foundation? Exactly. You can go on the, go on the website, what you just said, the Brian and Bickle foundation.org um, um, email donate check it out what the events we have next we have um, I don't know if there's usually run a golf tournament every year you're here and we run a big gala up in Chicago with um, with everything that's going on I have to say they're going to probably be on the on the back burner and, and push back but um, yeah you can always get information there what we're doing next and what we're doing now yeah, so besides the Brian and Amanda Bickle Foundation, what has life after hockey been for Brian Bickle? How are you doing? What are you up to today? Um, not much. <laughs> well, today, uh, in this current uh, situation of, uh, you know, this COVID-19, it's, um, it's crazy. But um, before, say, three months, um, before, 
before all this, I was, you know, doing a lot of traveling, um, just enjoying um, my family, life, events, events, the golf tournaments or hockey tournaments or fishing tournaments. I, I do it all. Keep me busy because, um, you know, sitting at home and twenty your thumbs is not the way I kind of grew up. I need to, to stay active and, and do different things to, you know, stay positive because I don't want to really think about what's what's next. Um, but just just having fun. I'm a guy that's kind of laid back and sitting on the edge of the seat and, and look for Yeah. Uh, Brian, anything else you want to add for our listeners around the U.S. and Canada before we head out? Yeah, stay home, stay inside. Brian Bickle, any, you are the man. Thank you so much for coming on the Tomahawk Roundup. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely.